Hello, hello, hello. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no chance to get that meeting. This is the silent nightmare for marketers. We often don't even know that this is happening. The most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about what that is. Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get with Apollo? Head over to apollo.io slash e5, apollo.io slash e5. If you go there right now, their team will set you up with a free account for you. And as a thank you for your time, check this out. You're going to get a free annual membership to Exit 5. That's valued at $275 just for checking them out. And the tool is free. If you're not already a member, this is a great opportunity. And if you are and you want to learn more, go to apollo.io slash e5. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by DemandWell. DemandWell is the best SEO solution for B2B SaaS marketers. They've helped customers like Lessonly drive 40% of their revenue from organic search, and they help Terminus make organic search their number one source of demos. Here's how it works. Number one is results. Demandwell is built for driving the outcomes that B2B marketers care about. Demand, traffic, leads, and revenue. Number two is ease and control. Junior team members can follow recommended steps right in the platform, while experts can customize and maintain full control over their work. Number three is speed. With everything in one platform, Demandwell helps you crank out content that ranks and drives leads in minutes rather than hours. SEO expert or not, you can give Demandwell a try and listeners of the Exit 5 podcast can get a free competitive SEO audit to see just how you're ranking relative to the competition. Go to demandwell.com backslash FOMO, that's F-O-M-O, and you can get a free SEO consultation today right from Demandwell, that's demandwell.com backslash FOMO, F-O-M-O, and you'll get a free SEO consultation today. One, two, three, four, exit. 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 Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Exit 5 podcast. This is a little bit of a different interview. It's not explicitly about B2B marketing, but a friend of mine, Henry Johnson, tweeted something out about starting a podcast and I was just messing around and sent him a note and said, we should start one together. Let's record an episode. So I don't know if this is going to actually turn into anything long term, but there's so much overlap. I would say 90% of this conversation is so relevant to B2B marketers and everybody in and around the Exit 5 community that whether we do the podcast or not, this is a fun 45 minute to an hour conversation where we talked about uh, I talked a bunch about like career stuff and lessons from the early days at Drift and going to Privy and, and just doing the different things that I've done in B2B marketing Henry talks about quitting his job as a, a sales rep uh, at Oracle and buying a Shopify app and trying to grow it and becoming an entrepreneur and so just was a fun conversation that I think uh, a bunch of people here will appreciate and uh, you can tweet at me tweet at me and Henry I'll put our 
Twitter handles in the, in the notes. If you enjoyed this conversation for whatever reason and would want to hear more, then holler at us and, and let us know. All right, I'm out of your ears. Here's the conversation uh, with myself and Henry Johnson. Henry Johnson is my name. I am a ex-account executive at Oracle. Well, I guess I'm still an account executive at Oracle for the next like seven days or five days. I, I just quit. So I'm done on Friday. And uh, I recently purchased a Shopify app called Easy Gift. And uh, I'm going full time and running that. So I've been doing a lot of side projects. And I was like, you know what? Time to go all in on this entrepreneur thing. Do I have the money? <laughs> like revenue wise, <laughs> not quite yet. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to jump, baby. That's who I am. <laughs> I love that. Do you have the money? No, you maybe you do, maybe you don't. But you have something. I think you're going to figure it out. I would, I would bet on it. Hey, okay. So that's Henry. I'm Dave, Dave Gerhardt. I, let's see, I work for myself now. I've spent the last decade. You and I got connected when I was working at Drift. I was VP of marketing at a company called Drift. Then I was a CMO at a company called Privy. And then I uh, went back to Drift for a little bit last year. And then in January, I started going full-time working for myself. I run a community for marketing pros called uh, Exit5, exit5.com. I do a bunch of consulting and advising for uh, SaaS companies, startups. And uh, one of the fun parts about working for myself is I, I have lots of ideas and lots of things I want to tinker on. And I've kind of only been doing B2B marketing, but as you and I know, we've messaged each other for years now. Like there's always kind of more, and I can't put my finger on what, like I want to do something outside of B2B marketing. And I've, for a little bit, I want to just have a podcast where I can just talk about kind of not other, I think most of it's still related to marketing, but you know, personal growth, development, marketing, business, startups. Uh, I think one role model we, we really like is what Sam and Sean have done with My First Million. Sure. You, you happened to tweet, Henry tweeted this thing out today. What time was this even at? Let me see. <laughs> so you tweeted this out at five hours ago. So that was what, 11 a.m.? Are you in Jersey? Mm -hmm. I'm in Jersey, yep. Okay, I'm in Vermont. Uh, thinking about starting another podcast to grow this business, I think at Dave Gerhardt would approve decisions, decisions. And I saw that. I said, let's co-host. And, and, and here we are. Yeah. Make it happen fast. Yeah. <laughs> action. Just action straight up. Okay. So you were going to start a podcast. So wait, tell me, tell me more about this and this will go anywhere, but you, you're going to, you're going to quit. You quit your job at Oracle. You bought a Shopify app. How did you buy a Shopify yeah. app? Yeah. So uh, we'll start with how I bought the Shopify app. So so this is my second Shopify app I've actually purchased, right? So I, I purchased one back in, I think it was June of last year or May of last year uh, with a partner. I did not know how to code. I knew very, very little about like doing the actual Shopify app part. And he was like, yeah, you'll just come on. You'll be the marketing and customer success person and that kind of stuff. So what do you mean a partner? Like did, did this person like, like what, what did they bring to the table? So we split the cost. 50 50 is a friend he, like somebody you met through twitter or met him on twitter yeah met him on twitter yeah i mean so many awesome people on twitter so we met on twitter uh, my boy james that's his name he's a developer i'm like a marketing salesperson so we had like aligned talents right where you know he did one thing i could do the other we bought that it went pretty well essentially but, but we're both doing a lot of different things and he has actually has another project that's like started taking off so he hasn't had the time like to kind of do it so I was like, you know what? I want to do 
it all myself. Like eventually, like I'll hire like somebody to kind of be like more of a lead dev than I am. But I knew how to do the purchasing process. I knew like the a little bit of the tech part of it. The way I I typically do it is I take like my sales gene and I like just start cold emailing people. I go through the Shopify app store and I'll just cold email people like, hey, you ever thought about selling? And, you know, a lot of people are just random developers and they'll just be like, actually, no, but, you know, how much you want to offer me? Actually, this one came, somebody tweeted it out. He was like, I'm thinking about selling one of my my Shopify apps. And I just DM'd and was like, yeah, I'm down. Like how much? And we came to a, a purchase price. I, like I said, I, I'm not like a coder or a developer, but I hit him up. He said he's down to sell. I knew how to kind of go through that process. I tweeted out like, hey, I'm looking for a developer coach. Somebody messaged me. was like, hey, I'll, I'll coach you on how to develop it. So now um, I went through the process of buying it and me and this coach sit down like twice a week and then like we code it together. So I've been working on coding. And, Hold on, and you're more. coding? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Have you been studying outside of what this person is coaching you or you're literally going line yeah. by line with this person? Well, so at first it was line by line completely. Like we'd get, we'd meet up, he'd like show me how to do things. But did he then, explain like from the beginning, like this is the code, this is the type of language that it is. Like, did, like where did it start? Well, so I knew that. Actually, I'll take a step back. So what happened was after me and James bought that one, I, I knew I wanted to do my own. I ended up actually having somebody in India build me one and it just was not good. And what I, what I realized through that was like, it's really hard to like hire people to do things that you have no clue, you know, what they're doing, right? It's like, I just couldn't speak the language of like how to like even manage them, you know? So that, that, that was like, that got me to the point. I was like, I need to kind of learn from square one. And I started taking like a little bit of courses on YouTube and things like that, like in my free time. So I had like a little bit of a base, but so what I did is once, once I bought the app, like I, I hired this guy and we spent a few hours going through the code of the app, well, of the app. Like, you know, what do you think about it? And he's like, he's like, it's well written. He's like, man, this is a piece of shit. You- <laughs> <laughs> no. <I know. laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, good. He, but yeah, he did. He's like, there's things I would definitely make better. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, look, I just, I, like, he's like, so what's your priority? I'm like, I want to make money, man. Like, he's, I'm like, I don't need to be the best written code in the world. Right. He's like, he's like, we'll get there. We'll make it better. But I was like, oh, yeah, I need to make cash. Like, you know, I'm spending a lot of cash on this. Like, I need to make cash. So yeah, that's what we're doing, man. It's been cool. It opens your eyes, like your mind, like your mind thinks differently once you like can code. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. And, and, and you, you already have a background in like, I would say, I would sum up say your sales and com- and marketing thing as like one word, which is like more communication. Yeah, you can already do that, and even if you don't do it long term, what you said, I actually scribbled this down. You said uh, it's really tough to hire people when you have no clue. Mm-hmm. C- couldn't agree more with that. Like as as like in my previous life, as somebody who like hired people in like a marketing job, it was like I was better at hiring the people that I knew that were in the realm of the thing that I had done before or was naturally good at, and then, and it gets harder when you. And you don't know that thing, but it, it seems like what you're doing is smart now because whether, however way this goes, you're kind of doing all the things now, and then you'll be able to like remove some of the things as you go versus like not know everything and then try to cobble things together. What's a revenue goal that you would be happy with? So I have like short-term and long-term revenue goals, right? So happy so with like is such a bad, this is a bad question. Like I'd be happy <laughs> with a uh, hundred million. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, I've got short term and long term, essentially, is the best way to put it. R- right now, like I said, it's not making that much revenue. It doesn't make enough nearly to pay for myself. It doesn't make enough even paying for my coach, right? So I pay my coach probably like $1,000 a month all in. And I'm close to that. So that's like my first short term goal is like 
cover my coach's cost like every month. And I have money like saved it to pay my like my personal expenses, you know? So essentially like that's number one. And then like number two, me and Chrissy want, want to move to New York next summer. So like next May or so. So I want to get to like $6,000, $7,000 MRR by the time we're moving to New York so that I can like pay the rent. Pay like. for a studio apartment. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause New York is expensive and I, uh, I'd rather not come out of my savings, you know, try to pay New York rent. So. And then if you got to six, seven K a month, would you also be able to recoup the money you put down on this project? So would I recoup it? It would be paying my expenses over, over the month, right? So I, I don't even think about the recouping of the of that Got money. It. I mean, Got it. my long term is to resell this app, right? So what I've I've done the math, it's like if I can get to twenty k MRR, like I could probably sell for like a million bucks. That would be a nice thing to get to. If I but if I get there, you know, who knows? I may just say, hey, I've got I've got twenty k coming in monthly. Like, what's the point of selling at this point? Let's just keep let it let it run. So yeah. I don't know. Depends on what it comes into. That's cool. And then why did you go down uh, Shopify ecosystem? So like you mentioned, my first million, right? That That's kind of what led me down that route is so on one of their podcast show on the shows, uh, Sean was like, he's going to give away an app or give away like business from the micro acquire website. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with I it. Yeah, si I signed up. I don't know why, but I just wanted to donate <laughs> donate five hundred dollars and get emails oh. that I'll never read. But <laughs> so, so I, yeah, so I wanted to win it. I wonder how that's actually going because uh, I talked to the kid. I, I the, who won it. I asked him all the time and never responds to me. But whatever. <laughs> so I tried to win it. I didn't. But but on it, Sam was like, "Yo, you should give it to Henry Johnson." He mentioned me on on the podcast, and then like get out from of here. there. That's amazing. You heard it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I so didn't, I didn't hear that, but I do always see, like, I see you and Sam like replying to each other. Yeah. So I don't know. He, he, he believed in me. So I was like, it's like, man, maybe he's on to something. Maybe, maybe, cause I was doing a whole bunch of like random side projects and I, yeah. I had one and it was, it was making money, but the churn was terrible. So I was like, I, I always knew I need to get out of that one or like change it to make the churn better. And I was like, you know what? It was, it was like, a, it was a newsletter and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't like writing every week. Like this is, this is not the treadmill I want to be on. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll, I'll go this route. And that's when I, I ended up buying that first one, like probably two months after they mentioned me. And but they didn't give you that. They mentioned you. They didn't they give didn't. me that. No. Okay. But I went and bought the other one. And then from buying the other one, I was like, oh man, like, this is like, if you can code, this is easy. Like Shopify, like pretty much is going to pass you customers. A few customers, like a day or a month, like depending on you know how big your app is, how much traffic you're getting, it's going to pass you customers. All you have to do is keep making the product better so that they don't churn. It's like building a SaaS on easy mode. And then I'll go try to do it like, you know, maybe outside of like the Shopify ecosystem. We'll see. But, nice. Yeah. But, so you're betting on like the, on the, the distribution in the app store. To start. Yeah. Right? To start. Like, I think, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, which is, which is smart. Like I think the last company I worked at was called Privy. You know that obviously for, for people mm -hmm. who ever listen to this and they're in this, this the same space, Shopify app ecosystem. Without like spending a ton of marketing, they got to, they were getting, let's just rough numbers. Let's say like between 10 and 15,000 trials from the Shopify, directly from Shopify, which is yeah. amazing. Granted, Ben built the company 10 years ago and it, and it takes time to get that distribution, but they were in there and it, and the, the distribution that you can get from the app store is crazy. And I like the framing of easy, uh, SaaS on easy mode. Yeah, man. It, so, so it's funny you bring up Ben. So I was listening to your, your book this weekend, actually. So I'm listening to, um, to founder brand. And what did you think of the narrator? Yeah, uh, he's okay. 
<laughs> Probably should have hired a professional. <laughs> Welcome to Founder Bro. Yeah, it has some accent, like a there, British accent or something. Yeah, that that, that would have you know helped yeah. more people get. Through or there, no, you know you know you know that like um what is it called that audio? They were talking about my first million recently. The like the AI, the AI audio, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You should have had Gary V do the whole do my audio book. How crazy is that going to be? And the world's just going nuts. It's that. interesting. Yeah. I, I have it wasn't mixed, great. It I wasn't have mixed great. feelings about it, but I guess like any anybody could go back in time and like say, oh, look at this used to be this way. But like, it is a little bit unsettling to think that like there will be no. I know that everybody says the role of the creator will change, but like, man, I love music so much, and like I love art and people who create stuff so much it is kind of like damn someone can just go to some site and like you know google or like basically with the same as google like type what you want and you get it and it's like ah that that hurts a little bit i'm not as excited yeah. about it for that reason but anyway creativity will always still prevail you know what i mean because yeah. like yeah they'll have the ai version like you know you put in all of dave's uh podcasts in and then you can have it create its own next episode and it'll be okay, right? But it will never be, you know, like you're, you, what you actually came up with because you're living it, you know what yeah. I mean? So you'll notice the laziness of it. I For something like the audiobook, though, like if I could have like paid, you know, whatever, <laughs> like reasonable cost and like had the audiobook come out like my voice, I would have written that check all, all day. And I didn't even have like a, a long book. The book is like 120 pages or something like that. It was two days of in, and I was in some woman's house in because in Vermont they were like, oh, we'll fly you to this studio in L.A. and you can do it there. And I was like, I don't want to travel. There's got to be somebody who can. I'll record it in my house, like with a podcast mic, because like, would people really? Would people really know? Like, probably not. And then the the audio people will say like, yes, you could. But anyway, I found some woman up here and literally drove to her house for three three mornings in February. Drove to her house and was there for eight hours, like reading off an iPad and and did that whole thing. I heard it sucks. I heard it sucks. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not as. I mean, it gives me appreciation for like like a nine hundred page like fiction type book would be crazy. Anyway, you were yeah. saying you were saying you listen you listen to Founder Brand. Oh yeah, so I was listening to Founder Brand. And uh, on it, you were like, you should have role models, right? And and Ben's always been like a role model of mine because he's built that big, you know, Shopify app, right? But you also say like, you should go listen to everything they've done. And I was like, all right, pausing Founder Bread, Ben, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. So I started going down like a rabbit hole of all his stuff. And I've talked to him a bunch on on Twitter, like randomly on DMs and like, you know, just stuff like that. He's, he's very approachable. I forgot where I was going with it, but essentially he gave me some key tips, like, and, and, and through, and well, he didn't give it to me, but through listening to it, like I got some sure. tips, like one, he talked about like the free plan was really big for them. And right now I don't have a free plan. And he's told me to make a free plan and I didn't do it. Yeah. And now I'm like, all right, cool. Free plan on the way. Yeah. Uh, he talked about like giving support to the free users, which a lot of people don't do. So I'm like, uh, yeah, like, I was always going to do that anyway, but coming. And then integrations was like the third one he talks a lot about. So I'm like, all right, I, I'm not ready to do that. Cause I'm, you know, but once I'm ready to hire somebody like that'll be something that I'll, I'll you know i'll, I'll really yeah. focus on so I'm well really from a, yeah from a distribution standpoint in within the app store you know people are going to definitely be more likely to try something that's free and if that thing comes up in a search and it's free and then you're in there then integration just make it huge because you can be connected to things that people are already using can you talk about what the what the app does or no yeah yeah so it's just because i need more i want more context no, no problem, no problem. I, I have no problem shilling my app, man. <laughs> so, so it's called, it's called Izzy Gift again, and what it does, it's a it's a gift card app. So, when I bought it, uh, all it really did was it was like as a customizer. So essentially, 
you can customize the look of and feel of like the digital gift cards that you're selling to your customers, right? So a merchant would download it. They'd be able to make a custom gift card and be able to, you know, the, the people who they're buying from, who are buying from them could see that. So during the negotiation, I was like, look, that's cool, but it needs to also be able to send the gift card directly to people. The native Shopify doesn't do that. You know, if you buy it for somebody, it gets sent to you and then you have to email it to them. And I'm like, that's just not a good, that's not a good workflow. And every other one in the, in the Shopify app store does that. So I was like, all right, that is something that I think I can actually sell. Like that's something that if I'm talking to you and you're a Shopify uh, merchant, I can be like, look, it does this and this, like this is worth paying for. So I was like, when I was doing negotiation, I was like, I need you to include that for me to buy this. And he was like, all right, cool. So, so it does those two things. That's customization. And also you can send it directly to the person that you're buying this gift card for. And then I'm going to add more features over time, but that's what it does currently. I'm looking at, you're already making memes for it. So you're, you're all the way in. Okay. So I didn't mean this to turn into me grilling you for 20 minutes about your, your Shopify (laughs) app, but it's interesting. And I, and I haven't, I haven't talked to you in a while. So yeah, I'm good. All right. Where should we go next? Yeah. So, I mean, you were at Privy, man. So I've got questions for you, like just being that you were so close to what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? I don't know if that you want to go down this that long, but in all seriousness, I talked about the three things that I learned from Ben, right? You know, free integrations and then, you know, great support. But you came in, I mean, later into the process, but like, what did you see that like really, really worked there in terms of growing like that Shopify app? So much of the growth. Hey, it's Dave. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability rate of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no meetings. This becomes the silent nightmare for us marketers. You often don't even know that this is happening. And the most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about it. Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more booked pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get? Head over to apollo.io slash e5, apollo.io slash e5 right now and book a meeting with their team to get set up. And as a thank you for your time, they will give you a free annual Exit 5 membership for booking a meeting that's valued at $275. Go check them out, apollo.io slash e5. In the, within Shopify had happened already prior to me being there they were really early and so i think they got a lot of i think it was like the lesson for me was like early mover advantage like mm-hmm. basically ben first iteration of the company they ran out of money they kind of pivoted to do this thing from brick and mortar so i worked there back in 20 2013 and i was a mm-hmm. account manager they didn't have any marketing jobs i got connected to him through my cousin so you, so you were a salesman i closed one deal I closed one deal, but my friends at Drift <laughs> would tell you that I could, I could close a deal. I could close a deal or two there. They would say, no way. Uh, so I was working, yeah, I was working at this, this company called constant contact. I got into privy because I got really interested in startups and my cousin knew Ben and he was like, 
I don't know, he saw my name through somehow through some social media thing through constant contact. And he reached out and I was like, well, you know, I really want to be, I'm really interested in marketing. Like I want to be a startup marketing person. This is what I'm running. He's like, I don't have any marketing jobs, but you could do customer success. And I was like, cool, I'll join and we'll, and we'll figure it out. And the company, they were doing like basically coupon redemption for like quick serve restaurants. And so like you'd see an ad for like $2 off pizza and you'd see it on Facebook and you'd go and redeem it in the store and they would track that whole thing. But it didn't end up working. But what they learned from that was there was a huge piece of it that they already had, which is like this whole kind of idea of, of a coupon. And then all of a sudden like e-commerce explodes. And so like early, early 2014, probably Ben made a bet on Shopify and he was like, you know, in Hacker News threads and Reddit threads and Quora and answering questions. And they kind of had like one or two key integrations and they were probably one of the early like email pop-up email capture free tools on Shopify. And so they gobbled up a huge portion of that market. And then when I joined, they had maybe like 500,000 merchants that had used Privy. And so when I was there, it was more like focusing on telling a story that they already had, but amplifying that and like repositioning them as the leader in this space. But I think all of the, all of the growth was being early on Shopify and then learning how to do marketing within that ecosystem because there there are ways. And so it's like, you got to learn what the guardrails are and like, you got to learn how to do SEO. You got to learn how to do they, Then they added a advertising, like you could pay to promote your listing and pay for key, you know, different keyword stuff. So it's like learning its own funnel. Like you might know like website really well, but you got to know like what moves the needle in, in Shopify, but also, you know, what moved the needle a lot, having a product that people liked and something that worked like obviously ratings and reviews and, and, real signals. I'm sure Shopify has a ton of data on what these apps are doing and like how people are, are, are using them. That matters a lot. But today it's really crowded, super so, crowded. I think so you got to exactly. be like the liquid death of like Shopify apps. Like that create be, a crazy, crazy brand kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That should be your move. So yeah. So that was going to be my next question. Like if you were me, you were getting started with it. Like, like I, I tweeted about starting a podcast, right? Because I'm like thinking about ways that I can do this, right? And like I said, I'm, I'm learning the code, but I'm not great. So once I, like my guy gives me homework, I start doing it. And then I run into like a, a roadblock that I can't do anything more. Yeah. And I just go back into marketing mode. I'm like, all right, I'm going on Twitter. And I'm going every place. I'm going to start doing stuff. And today I was in that one of those places. I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast, right? So that's how I got there. Yeah. So because I think it'll help me make more content, help me grow the brand, et cetera. If you were me, would that be the route that you would go? Like start a podcast. So I'll tell you what I was going to do with the podcast. It was going to be, I was going to call it cash, I think cash flow cowboys or something like that. And I was going to interview like people who have, have DDC brands, like, and specifically like trying to like focus on like generating cash flow. Not like everybody talks about, you know, we tripled revenue, like revenue is cool, but like I think the harder part in DDC is cash flow. I wanted to really talk to people about that and specifically target people who I would want to use the app, right? And, mm -hmm. and kind of grow that way. Yeah. So that was kind of how I was thinking about it obviously doing all of the basics that are already part of Shopify, like getting reviews, talking to my customers, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, just curious, what would you do? You were shaking your head. So it doesn't sound like you would do it for podcast. So I'm curious, what would you do? Well, I think it depends. You, I think, I think you can be successful with it, with many approaches. I shook my head initially at podcast because I think it, I think the opportunity is probably to be closer. You could do it. You would have to have two different motions. So one, one school of thought could be, I want to build an audience in this space. And if I build an audience in this space, I will raise awareness for this thing that I'm building. But I think like what you have right now is so, it's such a niche 
Like mm -hmm. you are focusing on gift cards, right? You're not trying to be like yeah. automation, marketing automation platform. And so like, I think you could do both, but like, I think there's something around like, you have this really tightly defined niche, like, and is it like, how many people are, are there other gift card companies? Like what, what's yeah. this? It's probably like 10 others, maybe. Okay. So, so it's a, it's a uh, competitive niche. I would use marketing to like do something nuts. <laughs> And I don't mean like gimmick, gimmicky nuts, but I would like think of a way to, to differentiate the brand in a very like interesting and compelling way. And I think, I think one of that, one of the ways you're kind of starting to do that, which is like you're, you're building and you're building in public and you're, you're sharing what you're doing. But like, I would be like, what are, what are like some crazy ways that I can get attention? And maybe, maybe you're like, you know, you seem to have a good pulse on like on social media and Twitter and TikTok and LinkedIn and whatever, like maybe you're funnier than those nine other apps and like your strategy is like is is memes and humor and content but i think like trying to be intentional about like one or two things that you're doing and like i think brand and and trying to you know take these kind of big swing like every month you're like taking some kind of swing and like how are we going to get more people talking about us it's like i talked to um pep from winter a, a lot and like winter's become a great product that a lot of people in b2b are using to like to test their copy. And, uh, he's a pretty smart guy. I'm like, what do you, you know, what, what keeps you up at night? Like, what are you working on? And he's like, I, I need more people to know, like plain and simple, like the product does its thing. I need more people to know about, about us. And I, I just like when people break down things into that term, like I come from B2B marketing and everyone's got to talk about all these acronyms and this and that. He's like, I'm trying to increase the awareness of, of this. And so I think if you're, if your podcast, if you think you can do it that way, that could be one way, but you're probably gonna have to do 15 different things anyway. So yeah, what Pep says is, is kind of how I think about it. So it's something that you in uh, DC used to talk about on Seeking Wisdom a lot, right? It's like, I don't exactly remember how you put it, but but essentially like you don't always have, I think he said like, you don't have to, I think it was like recreate, you can just like innovate or something like that. I don't exactly. Innovate. He used to say, he used to say, innovate, don't, <laughs> innovate, don't invent. Yeah, innovate, don't invent. And the idea, like my thought behind that is like, I can have an app that's fairly similar, like in terms of like, I mean, they're a gift card app. Like, I mean, there's so, especially right now, like my app is it may be playing a little bit of catch up in terms of some of the capabilities, but like one thing I can do better than I think a lot of what I'm seeing out there is like, I can get my name in front of more people. None of the, the people who are doing this have like any personal brand behind them. And granted, I go back and forth in terms of like personal brand, but in, per in terms of personal brand, like having one in my niche, I don't mind it. So I'm, I'm and I, I think I'm good at it. Like I, I, somebody asked me the other day, like, what's your skill? What's your, like, your superpower? And I was like, I don't know. People like me. That is my superpower. <laughs> and I, and I know that sounds like that could sound like cocky, but like, I don't, I don't do it. Like, I don't like, I don't no. like, you know, being like, Hey man, you should like me. You should like me. I, just, I think like, it's, I, I think it sounds good for somebody who doesn't know, <laughs> for somebody who doesn't know you. Yeah. If, if you, if you wrote that on LinkedIn and just text form, people would blast, you'd get roasted. But I think people <laughs> yeah. know, people that know you know that that's true. So that's an interesting approach. And like, I think that's a, to me, that's how you can like simplify, like what is your marketing strategy at this phase? But I think I would just want it like aligned around something like, Oh, people like me. Okay. Well, how, <laughs> but how can you channel that into something? And so maybe that, does that mean like, you're going to start your own podcast about this and just remember that it it does have to like relate i think it has to i've made this mistake of like it has to relate to what you're going to sell right if you do cash flow cowboys and talk to all these people who generate revenue what's the overlap of, of that going to be versus like if you so actually, i'll tell you I why i tell you what? why i thought about that right because okay. gift cards like the real benefit of a gift card when you're selling on a, a store 
is it helps with cash flow, right? I mean, it's essentially a, a free loan, right? If somebody buys a gift card from you until they, you know, use it, you just have money sitting there. And that's what Starbucks has done amazingly. They have, uh, you know, every year. Yeah, that's true. It's year, like, it's a, it's a purchase, but they haven't come in yet. Right. They haven't used it. And then at the end of the year, right. If let's say you have a profit of, you know, I don't know, hundred thousand dollars. And then at the end of the year, somebody buys $10,000 worth of gift cards that gift, those gift cards are kind of as a liability. So yeah. now your profit goes down to 90,000. So your taxable income's only 90. It's just things to help your your actual bottom line. I got it. Okay, it, ma- it, it makes it makes more sense. Yeah, it makes yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. No, so I think it, that, that that's why. Yeah, you could cool. do you could do basically like you're the guy and you happen to run this this app in this space, yeah. but like because it could be like Cash Flow Cowboys, like brought to you by you know Izzy exactly. Gift. Exactly. Yeah, you should do that's that. Separate of this, you should do that. Yeah, separate of that. Yeah, separate of this for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, but that's how that's how I was thinking about it. I'm just like, oh man, like how could I? And, and, what about and again, like ridiculous? What about like a ridiculous brand? Like a Im- imagery. Obviously, I don't. You know, you don't want your company to be a gimmick. But like, yeah, I, so I, I think about that stuff, man. And I'm always like, I, I'm envious of people who do some of that kind of stuff. But I don't know if I have it. You know what I mean? Like that's not like like to come up with it. Like that's not yeah, a thing that. Yeah. Like, like you know, some people are like they're very what do you call it, like um, controversial on social media. Like like what's the guy Nick Huber from the sweaty startup thing? He's always tweeting something that's like super controversial and like he goes viral because everybody's like, oh yeah, you're wrong. I'm, yeah. And I'm like, and then sometimes I'll try to do it. I'm like, yeah, I'll say something controversial. I'm like, yeah, man, I agree. I'm like, like <laughs> wasn't controversial. <laughs> yeah, so so it's like you know, just or like I'll tweet something. I'll tweet something that's not controversial at all, and someone will be like, well, look at listen to this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's as you get more followers, like yeah. you're just controversial by yeah, nature. Yeah. No, I'm I don't think I will. Anything. Yeah, I don't think you have to be. I don't mean controversial, but. Anyway, there's lots more that we can uh, we can figure out. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, can I tell a funny story? I just I want to yeah, tell a funny ahead, story because I think we have a cool connection, and I've I I've, I've actually thought of like separate from this idea that we had today. Mm-hmm. I've thought of like I was just gonna hit you up and and see if you could like tell this story on Exit Five podcast <laughs> or some other way. But we have a cool story, and I think it shows the power of like you know, yes, this is just SaaS and just tech and startups, but like. There's actually a cool story where like you, the way we got connected is very early days of Drift, like mm-hmm. first 10 customers-ish, like you were somehow listening to the podcast, reading the blog. You were one of the very first names. It was you and this other guy, Joe Jerome, who would like always comment on stuff and and email stuff. And we just always would see your name around. And then like you started coming to some of the Drift events in the area. Weren't you like not living in Boston, but then you were living in Boston. And then, you know, you came to a bunch of drift events and you got to know the other drift people. And then you and I had lunch. And then I started this Patreon thing, DGMG. You're one of the first members there. And you're like, you should, after being on Patreon for a couple of months, you're the one who I've given credit for, who is like, you should, you need to add a Facebook group to this community because like, it's cool to hear your stuff, but like we, Hey, ego, ego, man, we want, we want to talk to, <laughs> we want to talk to each other. And I was like, cool, where should the group be? And you're like, I think Facebook groups. I know, I know a lot of people, I know like that might sound lame to you, but like, I'm telling you, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups and whatever it is about Facebook groups, it's, it's great. So add it that was April, 2020. And the Facebook group has been like, now that is the entirety of what my community is. I've moved everything (laughs) off and it's just in there. And I'll give you one more thing. This is like, so we got Drift, we got DGMG Facebook group. Then you're like, I post this thing. I'm like, I'm looking for somebody that can help me part-time. I just have a bunch of kind of random like DGMG exit five things I I need help with. I'm looking to meet, you know, people that might be interested and you message me. And I think you're like, 
I think the message was like, you should talk to my girl. And I'm like, who is this guy talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I was talking about his girlfriend. And he's like, Chris. And so you, I have this call with Chrissy. She's amazing. Two years later, Chrissy's like the one person who basically has helped me out with DGMG Exit 5 membership stuff. She's helped me with so much. And now, now I have you. And we're connected. And so it just was a cool yeah. example of like a, a connection and relationship that, that was made from like the power of a brand, like making a real, you know, having a real connection with somebody. And I think this is just one cool story that like speaks to the the value of like building a brand and what you get from it. It's pretty cool beyond one company now, right? You want to know something funny? You, you may not even know this. I actually originally found you when you were doing your podcast before Drift, Tech in Tech Boston. Tech in Boston. Because like you, you were, you were, I was super interested in tech and, and startups and stuff, but nobody was doing anything about Boston as startups. And I was trying to join a startup. I was at EMC, now Dell. And I was like, man, I got to like, you know, how do I find, you know, I was, I was you know, um, Venture Fizz and all these other random places, but I'm not, a, I don't like, I read a little bit now, but more, more, mostly audiobooks. And I was like, I need to hear it. Like, that's how I learn. Like I learned through conversations. I learned through like, listen to audiobooks, podcasts, et cetera. And I found uh, tech in Boston. And then I think, I found out you went to Drift or something. I don't know. I listened to the one with Decancel and I, I started following you guys. And, and no, actually my friend Marcy, who was at HubSpot, told me about Drift after I had listened to Tech and Ball. And I didn't even know you were there at first. I just heard about that. And, and she was like, just followed uh, Dave Cancel. Like he's somebody, he's going to be all, he's, I don't even know what that building, but Dave's the man. So just follow that. And then you ended up being there. I was talking to you and Kevin. I was trying to get in there. It didn't work out, but hey, look, here we are, you know? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, did you have an interview? No, I, so I didn't go hard enough, man. Like, uh, like as so I was saying, like, I, I feel like, I feel like at that, at that phase, if you had, if you had gone hard enough, like you could get a, cause there's really no, I feel like at that stage of the company, if you had gone hard enough, you could get a sales job. I was, so the problem that the reason I, um, I, I think I didn't. So I was, I was between two things at that point. Like I was either going to go work with my father on the home theater company, or I was going to go to Drift. And me and, my, and like I had hit up Kevin Carner about it, and, and he was like, and he wasn't like I I feel like he wasn't willing to put his you know name out on me, right? So I was going to the wrong person. Like, but if I would have like came at you, Ed, like DC, Ed Lilius, like I probably would have got it. But like at the end yes. of the day, I was like, I also wanted to help my dad. So I was like, ah, whatever. I'm just gonna go help my dad. Like I don't, I'm not tripping about it, you know? Yeah, and I think obviously would have been amazing, but you'll you'll never. You'll never regret going to help going to work with your dad. I'm, I'm sure. As now, as now having a son of my own, I can see that. So, and 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 for context for people listening, he said his name Kevin Carner. He was the first salesperson that we had at Drift. So that that's why they would have been connected. Um, but you mentioned tech in Boston. So when I was working at Privy before I was, I tell the story, but like when I was just basically marketing manager Dave, I started tech in Boston, and that was the thing that really catapulted my network and career because I was just the 25 year old, like account manager. And it was cool because I was at Privy and I had, I said the same thing that you said, which is, I said, why is nobody, I, I started to get really into startups. I listen to this week in startups all the time. And you know, Jason Calacanis, he's great and annoying at the same, at the same time. And then, and then I was like, man, why, why does nobody have a show? Like he only has uh, tech, you know, West coast companies. I'm in the Boston startup community and Ben, is a founder in the Boston startup community and I'm, and I'm watching him go to this event and that event. And then we have this dinner and we're going to this other event. He starts his own thing. I'm like, there's totally an appetite for that. And I said the same thing. Why is there no podcast about startups in Boston? And I tweeted that out and he replied back to me and he said, you should start this. And that was like, not to be like 
corny, but like that was an amazing moment in my career to have like a manager, a boss who was like, he he never was like, don't let this distract from your day-to-day job. He was like, this is cool. This is a cool opportunity. You should do it. And you know what? You should record right here because I think that if this will also be good for, for Privia, if people know you through that. And so I did 50, 60 episodes of that. And that's actually how I met David Cancel. I had heard of him through HubSpot. He was a chief products officer at HubSpot. Him and him and this founder, Elias, him and this other guy, Elias, they they sold their company to HubSpot. He was this mythical figure. Not to mention that, like as a as a founder in Boston, there there are not many like non-white founders of companies. And so, like, and he was like very active on social media, but I never saw him anywhere. He was like this missile, he's like this mythical person. And through Tech in Boston, he DM'd me on Twitter when they were starting Drift. And he was like, hey, can you help promote this event that we were doing? And I was like, cool, this guy thinks I'm like a media company. But then I <laughs> obviously took my shot when he when he reached out. I said, yes, I'll promote it. By the way, I'd also would love to have you on my podcast. And he's like, come over to the office. Let, let's record. So I have him on my podcast, Tech in Boston. Best interview that I've ever done, I think, just as far as like connection with with somebody. And like being on the same page, like philosophically about brand and marketing. And uh, that night I was like looking up their page, to like do the write up for the show. And I'm looking on AngelList and I see that they have a opening for marketing manager. And I, I immediately sent him an email. I'm like, I know we just met today. I saw you have this opening. I got to apply for this job. I was working at HubSpot across the time, which was directly across the street. Like the, there's literally Canal Street in, in, in Kendall Square in Cambridge the buildings were right across from each other. So I, I, I walked over, walked across the street, maybe seven yards. And I was doing an interview with Drift and they weren't, they weren't going to, I went to the interview. They weren't going to make an offer. They were like, you're going to get married, go get married, have your honeymoon, come back and we'll talk. We really like you. We'll talk. And I just, something felt like, man, they raised $15 million without having done anything yet. They're two really well-known founders. I know who I am deep down inside and I'm like, they're going to find someone much better than me. Like if they're interested in me, we need to do this now. And so I remember being like, what the heck? And so I, I literally, uh, Keith, who I love and, and we're good friends now, but in recruiting, he was like, yeah, you know, uh, we'll come back after your honeymoon and we'll chat. And I was like, no, no. And I emailed David and Elias directly. And I was like, if you want to hire me, we need to do this now. And they were like, come back in tomorrow and let's chat. And I think somewhere deep down, I think they like that. I was like, no, I need this. And, and I think the, the rest is history, but it all did start from getting that first interview with, with tech in Boston, which is pretty crazy. I tell people all, so that, that's something like I tell people all the time and Chrissy did it. Like, so I always tell people like, if you want to get a job, like, like move into marketing or you're not in marketing yet, you're doing like sales, you're doing, uh, I don't know, customer success, you're doing, you're like office admin, anything like just start a podcast and like have the people on that you would like potentially see yourself working for, or just period, like start doing things. And I always point them to you. I'm like, that, like, cause everybody's like, look at Dave, like he's a CMO. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but he started just with a podcast, you know, and like you start just showing people that you're a self starter. And then also, I always tell people, send cold emails. Like, so send, like you went directly to Elias and, and DC or whatever. And I think that's another, another thing. Like, people like to see like that you're, you're willing to like reach out and like go for what you want. So I, I use your story a lot when I'm, because I used to do the rocket ship jobs, right? And that was like, that was like one of the stories I would always tell people, like, you know, look at what Dave Gerhardt did. Like, this is how you can easily get it. Not easily, right? But it like, 
starts to have the conversation and like maybe the first one you won't get or second one, but like they'll, you'll have the conversations and people be like, you need to improve this, blah, blah, blah. But you'll start to get closer to like whatever your dream job is, whatever you want to do. Right. Yeah. I, I give that advice a lot. If someone's like, I want to break into marketing or I want to do more. And I'm like, well, I think one of the, one of the coolest parts about, and this is, this is not true for every job, I don't think, but I think specifically kind of like the world that you and I are in, like marketing, sales, tech, mm-hmm. you can basically start a side thing. Uh, like one of the best marketing people that I, that I work with prior to hiring him, he had an amazing blog and I, and he ran a Facebook fan page for the office and it had like a hundred thousand people that like, liked that page. And it's like, that's not directly related to marketing, but it's like little indicators of like, Oh, you, you, you built the side project. Like mm-hmm. you want to hire someone to do social media for your startup. And you find out that this woman has had a TikTok about like reading and the TikTok has been super popular about reading. Like I would make a bet on that, on that person to go and do that thing. And so for me, it was like, it was starting that podcast, but it could be a podcast. It could be a newsletter or a blog. I love that advice. Yeah. I'd say, I think marketing people really, it works better with like sales. I mean, that was one of the reasons, look, I, I love sales. I made great money doing sales. You know, it was, it was good to be but I don't think they value that nearly as much and understandably so, right? Like, like a side project, you can't like show that you can close $100,000 deals. And if you can show that on your side project, you're probably not going to come work for somebody else. So so like, I don't, I don't know if it's like, um, if it works as well for sales, other than like the fact like cold emailing to get your jobs, I think that does work because that's literally what your job's going to be. But yeah, that, I think mar- that's what I love about marketing is like, just like, just go do it. And like you, any project you do, you're going to have to market. So you're going to start to learn. Well, and it means so many things. It's, it's a combination of so many different things, like social copywriting, whatever. Any, and even if I didn't get any job from that, like I think it forces you to learn on your own. Like I had to learn how to build a website on my own, how to set up a podcast on my own, how to do artwork and you know get guests and e- send email pitches and sell sponsorships and do all that stuff on your own for the first time. Like that was a great way. Even if nobody ever read that or listened, I would have had a learning experience just based on like building something outside of work on my own. I recommend that all the time now. It, it also is probably the gateway drug to, to where you are now where you're like, I got to do my own thing, man. I, <laughs> I can't just work for somebody else. Once you get the, once you get the taste, you start to, uh, <laughs> to want to do it, you know? <laughs> right. Okay. Everything has gone South. So we're going to, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap, I'm going to wrap this up, but I think we need, I think we need to do Part two, I have an interesting idea about how we could uh, test this and I'll, 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 I'll send it to you later, but hopefully you'll hear from Henry and I again soon. And I'm going to go handle this and we're out of here. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Exit 5 podcast. If you're in B2B marketing and you want to grow your career, you should also go and check out everything that we have over at exit5.com. We've got articles, we've got videos, we've got templates. Plus, we have a community, a community of over 4,000 B2B marketing pros. Whether you're deep in your career and want to connect with your peers or just starting up and you want a place to go where you can see what people are talking about, get smarter about B2B marketing in your own time to grow your career and help grow your company, go and check it out. It's exit5.com. You can get on the email list there. You can join the community. There's 4,000 marketers in the community. We have a job board. We're always adding new stuff. It's really becoming the number one place you can go if you want to grow your career and learn more about B2B marketing outside of what you're doing inside of your company every day. So check it out, exit5.com. 
And I also want to make sure I give a shout out to my friends at Hatch. That's Hatch.fm. They produce this podcast. It sounds amazing because of the work that they do. And they work with B2B companies just like yours. They offer unlimited podcast editing and strategy for businesses. You can get unlimited podcast editing and on-demand strategy for a low monthly cost. All you got to do is just upload your episode and they take care of the rest. Go and check them out. It's Hatch.fm. Hello, hello, hello. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no chance to get that meeting. This is the silent nightmare for marketers. We often don't even know that this is happening. The most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about what that is. Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get with Apollo? Head over to apollo.io slash e5, apollo.io slash e5. If you go there right now, their team will set you up with a free account for you. And as a thank you for your time, check this out. You're going to get a free annual membership to Exit 5. That's valued at $275 just for checking them out. And the tool is free. If you're not already a member, this is a great opportunity. And if you are and you want to learn more, go to apollo.io slash e5.